And what's great about our um, ambassador program in terms of management, and this is something that, you know, we've touched on already, but that we're super fortunate with our type of product. You know, people post their creations online. And so you're not going to post an energy bar that you buy for the most part. Cause that's like weird, right? But you spend an hour or two of your day and you make a beautiful banana bread bunt cake with frosting and candles. You're posting that on the internet and you're saying, you know, made my kids this treat this week. And so we have such an Instagrammable product to begin with. And on top of that, we had these people who started in this program. And so they're sharing, you know, I'm a GoNana's brand ambassador. So we get so many messages coming in every day saying, hey, I saw this person post. I'd love to hear more about the program. So it really feeds itself. Welcome to Winning at Work, the podcast for foodies, founders, and food and beverage professionals. You know, if you wanted to discover a new brand, a new food or beverage to try, there are literally thousands of companies out there. It is very difficult to do that. That's why we curate the different, the better, and the special brands here each and every week so you don't have to do the heavy lifting. If you're a founder and you're looking to connect with other like-minded executives, we make that very easy. And if you just work in the food and beverage industry and you're looking for fresh inspiration, we have that here in spades. This episode is sponsored by Temple. Congratulations, you're selling in retail. But the competition is fierce and your brand is surrounded by similar products. How will consumers find you? Let Temple show you an innovative retail sales solution. Click on the Attract Consumers link below. Need to attract great employees? Click on the Hire Now below and we'll show you how to use your culture to help you stand out. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. It's Tony. So for all you foodies out there, you know, the big question mark that you're going to have today when you discover Go Nana's is going to be, okay, you're going to absolutely love this new all-purpose baking mix. But the question is, are you going to make muffins, donuts, bunt cakes? Are you going to make loaves? I think they've done just a great job of giving you this mix with flavor. And then you can decide all the different ways that you can possibly use this in your kitchen. And then for you founders out there, we all know about brand ambassadors. We know about affiliates. We know about influencers. Well, Annie Slabotsky, the CEO and co-founder of GoNanas, joins us today, and she, she and her uh, co-founder have built a an army of these brand ambassadors. We're going to talk a little bit about some of those strategies that work, that don't work, do's and don'ts, and all in between. Annie, welcome in. Thanks. So excited to be here. Well, you know all about podcasting, don't you? Just a little. We've dabbled, <laughs> dabbled in the world of podcasting. Well, you know what I, I I'm impressed because when we first talked, um, I was discovering just kind of the size and scope of all the different, you know, distribution and all the different, you know, areas of business you guys were involved in. And I thought you had an army of people there too. And you're like, nope, it's just me and Morgan. <laughs> and now, you know, a couple months later, you, you've, ex you've doubled 
You now have two employees. You guys do so much with so little. It's it's incredible. Yeah, we're definitely a skeleton crew. I mean, we built this business bootstrapped and only recently took on outside funding. So I think we're very used to doing things very lean. <laughs> well, and the thing is, your your presence, you know, on your website and your socials, I think the first thing people are going to notice, just first of all, the the food just absolutely jumps out. There is what is it about food that just makes it so Instagrammable? It's like it's like it's got to be at the top. You know, if you were to like measure like engagement, there's something about food. Well, I think that there's two different kinds of food people post, right? One is when you're out to a restaurant, and I think people like to share the exciting things they're doing. If they went to a great new restaurant, got a great new dish. But I think the second part, which is how, you know, the space that we play in is that people like to post things they're proud of. And when they make a really delicious loaf or muffin or cake or donuts, what have you, they want to share that because they spent hours making something beautiful. Right. And what perfect way now we've all got these incredible magic, you know, smartphones that give you really, really high quality. What I thought thought was interesting too, is that, you know, your background from University of Michigan, you also have uh, a background in photography. A little, I don't think that played. I mean, no? listen, I do the, I do the photography for our packages. I think people would be really surprised to know that the muffins that you see on the front of our mixes were taken by me on my iPhone. <laughs> we do, we do not pay for a professional photographer. I personally don't think you could tell the difference between that and like an expensive camera at this point. The technology is so advanced, so it helps in the packaging costs for sure. But on the social side, you know, we really utilize a lot of our content in what people are posting. Like our community is what is most heavily featured on our Instagram. So it's a lot of sharing recipes that other people are making. So I'm going back now, I'm going to take you back a little bit. You're you're a freshman at the University of Michigan. You know, you meet Morgan. Uh, Most you know, freshmen are just trying to figure out where's the, where is everything on campus? And meanwhile, you guys take on this, you know, a totally another class on top <laughs> of everything else, right? And you, what you spend, what, three years in recipe uh, uh, creation? So I can take you back to where it started, which is I personally have always loved to bake. In high school, I was the girl that would bring cupcakes or cakes for just about anybody's birthday. And, you know, people would share them in the cafeteria. And when we got to college, there wasn't that communal space necessarily to bring a cake for people to enjoy. So what I would do is I'd make holiday themed gift bags. So like Valentine's Day, I'd do chocolate covered strawberries or red velvet cupcakes. And I'd always have a slice of banana bread in them because that was my favorite thing to make. And my neighbor who 
quickly became my best friend and co-founder, um, also had a familial tie to banana bread, also loved to bake. And I invited her to come to my parents' home, which was 45 minutes away from campus. They're from a residential Detroit. And we were going to go home to my parents' house and bake for the day. And in the car ride, we were discussing our shared love for banana bread and decided that it would be fun to sell some as a side hustle because we felt like there were no good options for healthy and tasty desserts on campus. And we were super passionate about it. And we thought, what a fun thing to do. <laughs> Little did we know I mean, what it's it would. banana bread. Who <laughs> right. doesn't... Who doesn't love banana bread? By the way, we absolutely crushed the samples that you sent us. I'm glad to hear it. Because um, I, I love to cook. My wife loves to bake. And of course, it's just, it couldn't be more simple. I mean, and like you say, you can understand everything on the package. There wasn't any, you know, weird ingredient. Uh, and I think what's also nice is that, you know, you're really stressing no preservatives, no nuts, no gluten, no dairy, no eggs, and no stress and minimal mess. But the nice thing about the way you lay this out is that you give people the options to like start with your base and then you can expand it out. You can add other things in that you want. You can sub things in and out. And for your sugar, you went with a maple syrup, which I thought was really clever. I really like that. Now, I can drink milk, so I didn't have to go with the non-dairy. But some people, you know, they're lactose intolerant. So perfect for them. Didn't matter to me. I just threw in some whole milk, you know. So I, I maybe um, drove the calories up a little bit more. <laughs> but we went, I want to say, we went on a, um, like a little mini vacation. We have some friends that bought a, uh, a mountain house up in North Carolina. And I saved one of these bags on purpose to take and we made them there and they crushed them. So clearly, you know, you're on to something here. People love banana bread and all the different things you can do with it. So what a fun thing to be doing as a, as a freshman, you know, did, did you ever realize it would, it would go, you know, suddenly now you're in Whole Foods and you're in Target. No, I mean, I always wanted it to be my full-time job. Like that was the dream but I don't know that we ever thought we'd get this big this quickly. I mean, initially, you know, we were baking out of our dorm room and just selling banana bread loaves to sororities and fraternities. And eventually we moved into, I use air quotes, a professional kitchen. It was really like <laughs> a church let us rent out their like commissary kitchen. Um, and started selling loaves to, you know, coffee shops and juice bars and cafes around campus. But it wasn't until after we graduated and COVID hit that we even started selling our mixes because food service had shut down. And so didn't we have couldn't sell. Right, exactly. We didn't want our ingredients to go to waste and we didn't want to shut our business down for, you know, a questionable period of time. So we put the dry ingredients we used to make our banana bread on the internet, literally in mason jars and slapped a Gonanas sticker on there and put it, you know, on social media. And for whatever reason, the internet, you know, 
loved it. It started going right. It started going viral. We caught the attention of the news. I think we went on like the Detroit news once or twice. It was so crazy. And we thought, you know, this is a way better business. The product doesn't expire that quickly. You know, our baked bread expired within a week. Mixes don't expire for a year or two years. And it's way more scalable. It's easier to make. Like this is way better. (laughs) Do you have a favorite? I think, uh, you had a, like a lemon, like a lemon poppy seed or something just came out, like a new one. So we do limited edition flavors every month, either one or two different flavors. We drop them online, similar to almost like a fashion brand, how we do like limited edition drops on our website. Um, this question is so hard and I really should have a better answer at this point because <laughs> anytime I talk to anybody, they ask me this question. Like what's it your just, favorite? Yeah. Right. It just changes depending on what the limited edition is. Cause you know, we have to eat this like every day, pretty much. We're constantly recipe testing, constantly innovating. I would say of the products you can find in retail, the fudge brownie banana bread mix is my favorite. I'm personally a chocolate lover. And what I love about that mix is it's banana bread in the sense that you add fresh bananas to the mix, but it literally tastes like a Betty Crocker fudge brownie. Like it's not like a chocolate banana product. It tastes like a fudge brownie. It's amazing. And then of the limited edition ones, I would say the lemon poppy seed that's out right now is my favorite. It's so light and fruity and just so different from a lot of the flavors that we make because we do a ton of indulgent flavors like cinnamon roll and snickerdoodle and double chocolate caramel. This one's just like, I feel like a a bite of Italy. (laughs) I tell you, you you get into the non-indulgent, I find you, you eat more of it. Definitely. (laughs) You mentioned you put it online. The internet loved it. It kind of went viral. And of course, with your own background in in photography, you were taking a lot of your own photos and kind of starting off your own social pages. When did this idea even occur to you guys that you could actually have an outsourced sales team, essentially, with these ambassadors? When when did that actually, when, when did the light go off? So our brand ambassador program is my business partner, Morgan's baby. She has been working on this since we were pretty much back at the University of Michigan. And I think we started off with maybe 10 people that we'd meet with on a regular basis. And we'd look to get feedback from them, you know, quality control, Um, And work with them to just be like local ambassadors. I think, you know, as students, that was a really familiar concept to us. Morgan especially was a brand ambassador for Kind Bar. Um, They had a ton of programs on campus. So I'm sure that had a little bit of influence as to the inception of this program. But I also think, you know, as I mentioned, we were bootstrapped and the avenues for marketing were like really slim. We were like, what can we do that's free? <laughs> this was it. We're not <laughs> I love it. Gonna, the hustle. We're gonna, exactly. We're not gonna pay these people. They're gonna get, you know, commissions or um, you know, um once we transferred to online, it's a percentage of sales generated from their code. So this was really like our grassroots marketing. And as I you know I said it started with 10. I think we're up to 2,600 people at this point. That's it's incredible. Like, Thank you. Seriously, um, <laughs> let's just think about it. 
2,600 people are out there buying and loving your product and they're taking, you know, their creative license and, and making new things and posting them all over the internet for you. That's just, that's a lot of amplified influence. It definitely is. And what's great about our um, ambassador program in terms of management, and this is something that, you know, we've touched on already, but that we're super fortunate with our type of product. You know, people post their creations online. And so you're not going to post an energy bar that you buy for the most part. That's like weird, right? right? But you spend an hour or two of your day and you make a beautiful banana bread bunt cake with frosting and candles, you're posting that on the internet and you're saying, you know, made my kids this treat this week. And so we have such an Instagrammable product to begin with. And on top of that, we had these people who started in this program. And so they're sharing, you know, I'm a GoNana's brand ambassador. So we get so many messages coming in every day saying, Hey, I saw this person post. I'd love to hear more about the program. So it really feeds itself. Mm, Right. The actual ambassadors, they're posting so much content that others are like, boy, this sounds like a great side hustle. And so I'm, I'm curious, are these like ambassadors or are they influencers? I know there's kind of that fine line. Like sometimes you see brand ambassadors, they go and do store demos. So Do they do both? So we have multiple different programs within the company at this point, now that we're a little more evolved. So we have our core brand ambassador program that looks the exact same as when it did when we started. You get a percentage of sales back to you. And then we have lots of fun things that we do with them. So we've got events that we host, virtual and in person. We have social rewards for posting a certain amount of time free product when they post, you know, I'm making up the numbers, but let's say you post your 10th time, you get a free GoNana's merch outfit and some mixes. So there's uh, the community building piece where our brand ambassadors can make friends within the program, join these events. And then there's the perk side of it, which is getting a percentage of sales, getting free product, merch, all that good stuff. So that's on the brand ambassador front. Then we have an influencer program which is when we work with large creators, let's say more than 100,000 followers, and we are partnering with them for sponsored posts. We do very little of that because it's very expensive and it's really hard to see a return on a program like that um, for a company of our size that has very limited resources still to this day. Um, So that's uh, part of what we do. But the biggest paid uh, influencer work we do is on our limited edition mixes that I mentioned. We do a lot of them co-branded with influencers. So our upcoming flavor that's dropping in a few weeks is an apple cider donut flavor, but that's in collaboration with an influencer Her handles peanut butter jelly. And so that mix will say like go Nana's times peanut butter jelly, and it'll be promoted very heavily on her page and on ours. And we'll do a revenue share model where they get a piece of the sales from that program versus us just like outright paying an influencer for a post. 
Right. So they have some skin in the game. The better it does, they, the more that they can see a lift. Yeah. And I've also seen you've done some interesting collaborations with, with other brands. I saw you had something out in, was it Portland or somewhere? I don't know if it was Portland yeah. or Oregon. Um, I've not seen the ice cream shop because I, I, I do have <laughs> family that live out there. So that that was kind of interesting where you took your one of your mixes and you went into R&D and you came out with some ice cream flavors. Yeah, that was an amazing collaboration. So we partnered with an ice cream company called Salt and Straw. I think they're like the most popular ice cream in the West Coast. They're unbelievable. And they're just a wonderful company with great mission and values. Um, so we were featured on their berry series menu in July. They did two flavors with our mixes. And that's something that we try and do a lot of as well as work with other companies to either do limited edition mixes on our website, right? So we'll work with another company and include their products in our mixes and make that co-branded or have our mixes be present in somebody else's product. So the ice cream is a great example. We've also worked with a company called Cosmic Bliss and we use our banana bread to make cones in their ice cream shop. So they'll use our base and instead of baking it into a loaf of banana bread, they'll put it into a waffle cone press and make banana bread waffle cones. So we do oh lots of gosh, different- Oh my gosh, that sounds delicious. Yeah, they're amazing. Honestly, it's like the best waffle cone you'll have in your life. Um, so we- because we are not just in retail and we have this online present, we have to constantly be innovating and bringing our product to life in different ways if we want to stay relevant. And that's like the most fun part of what we do is all these different collaborations. It's like so fun. And all your limited edition, you know, new flavors. I mean, you probably have, gosh, so many different ideas coming <laughs> at you. I mean, your test kitchen must be a, a mess. I mean, just with so many different ideas coming in and then hopefully the best one kind of wins out. But then you've got seasons, you know, like we're coming into fall. You probably have some some things ready for the, the fall oh, yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, again, really how we started, right? All of this, we're, it sounds so crazy now thinking about where we started, but I think the first thing we did was like very basic, maybe a pumpkin spice banana bread mix. And we saw a big sales spike, you know, the week that we launched it. So we were like, oh, okay, we should do more limited edition flavors. And now it's obviously something we release them like every other week. But back then it was like for the whole season, we do one flavor. Well, you know, beer companies do that too. It's like, if you like this, it's only out for a short period of time. I, I want to go back to the ambassadors for a minute because I think there's companies out there that they they want to leverage more of the, you know, user-generated content. There's so many questions I could ask, but since you've been running this for so long, maybe you can just kind of walk us through, you know, what, what's, what works, what doesn't work, um, maybe the evolution of your brand ambassador page. It's going to look so different for every single brand. There's not like a formula that you can use to have a successful brand ambassador program because it's so specific to your company's product, mission, values, the founders. Like it's really a personal thing creating your brand ambassador program. As silly as that may seem, it's like so true. And so I think if I could 
if I had to give general advice, it's just that it's not something you can automate, right? It's not something that you can just like pay for a service and set up basic rewards and it'll just go. You need that personal touch and you need to focus on community building because people are joining to maybe get some extra cash or to get some rewards. But at the end of the day, they're also joining to be part of a community, maybe to make some connections because they feel passionate about your brand. And as a startup, being passionate about the brand also means being passionate about the founders and the whole story of the company. So it's those personal pieces of interacting with them, getting on events, working with people one-on-one, doing interviews with ambassadors to see what people are liking, what they're not liking, and constantly looking into things to see what's working and what's not, because also the internet changes so quickly. I mean, (laughs) we went from Facebook to Instagram, now TikTok, X, like there are so many different ways people can even post about brands. So it's not something that's low maintenance, I would say, to sum up. It's a lot of work and it's not um, just a basic formula. It's going to be a lot of customization. And for us, right, I think there's that piece of natural posts with a baked good. Whereas I think a lot of other companies that want to do this may have a harder time because they don't have a naturally Instagrammable product. Can you give me some examples? You say some, like you do some live events. What, what do those look like? And are you traveling the country to do that? So we have events of all different shapes and sizes, right? We have events as basic as an Ask Me Anything, where we have a Zoom link set up. We have the event set out, you know, a month before so people can RSVP. And then we have brand ambassadors join and Morgan and I will answer questions and talk through ideas that um, people have for the brand flavors they want to see, different ways they want to interact with the company, things they want to get out of the brand ambassador program. So that's like, I would say, uh, the lowest maintenance kind of event all the way up to the in-person stuff. So our upcoming example is we're having a Friendsgiving um, locally here in Chicago where our company is based. So we in- it's welcome to all brand ambassadors um, and some influencers we work with. We'll be giving them samples of our Thanksgiving menu before it's released. And we'll be catering, you know, turkey and all the good stuff. And then, right, it's just, you know... That's probably like, those are the two bookends, I'd say. That takes a lot of planning. It's a big investment financially. Um, But I think it's good to do a little bit of everything because there are some people where, you know, that's inaccessible and some people that, you know, just want to every once in a while jump on a Zoom link and get to know us. So got to do a little bit of everything. Yeah, I love that you're really just nurturing them. That's the key really just like authentic, you know, with them. And I think, you know, you guys being approachable, it maybe kind of brings the brand to life for them. And I, to me, that's what I really, honestly, that's kind of what I love about the whole podcast idea too, is that people can spend a few minutes with me, spend a few minutes with you and they're discovering 
this is the person behind this brand. I think it is so much fun to go into a store and see a product and I actually <laughs> know the person behind it. There is something so uh, connecting to that. And I think that's what your ambassadors are feeling. Yeah, I would say that's probably a big piece. You know, I think they get as much out of it as we do. At the end of the day, like they are the almost the customers that are most passionate about the brand. So we sort of looked to them to be our North Star. What are you liking? What are you not liking? What innovations do you want to see? So we really um, meet with them because it keeps them connected, but also so that we can constantly be improving our brand and making sure we keep them happy as customers. Now, some of these big retailers, they do allow for in-store sampling. Mm -hmm. Do you do, do you get involved at all in in-store sampling? Yeah. So we have, um, we call them demo ambassadors. We have um, a team that does that. For us, it's great when people are able to try the product because after you try it, um, you typically come back. Our repeat customer rate is really high. So that's something we always try and do when feasible. It's just hard because we are a product that needs to be baked. So for a lot of other brands, you know, they can just go in and open a bag of chips or cut up a bar and hand out samples. For us, we have to have people who we trust go to, you know, a food safe kitchen, make the product, bring it into the store. And so that's a lot of extra um, labor and just some challenges along the way. Well, labor and time and money because you got to pay them for all that upfront prep work. And to your point, if this was a beverage... You just pop the top. Right. So many brands are, they really are set up for in-store demos. It is mm -hmm. much easier for them. On the flip side, it's not as easy for you, but you're more Instagrammable. So it's kind of like the scale of. Right. Mm-hmm. But listen, I say we're more easily Instagrammable. Brands can make themselves Instagrammable if they want to. Like I think about, you were just talking about beverage and I think about sort of the two prominent new beverage brands, Poppy and Olipop. And I don't remember 10 years ago, like people posting with cans to be cool, but guess what? They made it cool. People post with them all the time. So it can be done. I think it would just be a lot harder. Did you at one point run this program manually? And at what point did you decide we're going to have to invest in the online, you know, ambassador tracking systems? I, I know you've got one. I, it doesn't matter the brand, but uh, was there a point where you had so much it was too complicated and we have to now get on a platform? So from the beginning, you have to have some way to process payments for people's codes. So that we've always had to work somehow with some sort of provider because we can't just sit and like Venmo people. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that was always integrated with the program so that people could get paid out in a timely manner and in a professional way. I think what we've added on since then is programs that have analysis where we can get data. How many people are we reaching? How many people are posting every month? And then we've looked into some social rewards programs, but I don't think that's something that makes a difference, whether you do it manually or through a service. I think there are pros and cons with each. 
I personally am a fan of doing as much as we can manually because again, those personal touches, those emails coming from us saying, here are the challenges this month, here are the rewards, here are X, Y, and Z. That coming from my partner Morgan versus a software makes a huge difference. So for the like logistic pieces of paying people out, tracking metrics, you have to use the software. But as much as you can for all the other pieces, in my opinion, keep that manual, I, I think makes uh, a huge impact on the program's success. Well, Annie, I don't know about you, but I'm ready to go have a uh, chocolate chip banana bread mix. <laughs> I want to go fire another one of these up. I found you've got a great subscription area on your website. I was just yes. joking with my wife and she rolled her eyes like, here... Here it comes. We're going to get some more bags coming in. What is what is the best way for people to go out and try and sample and get exposed to Gonanas? Yeah, so we're sold at every Whole Foods in the country you can find us at. Um, we're at all the Super Target, so you can go on ecogonanas.com and type in your zip code to our store locator or just order directly from our website. We ship, you know, in a day or two. So you could have banana bread within the week. <laughs> and we're in that fall season. Perfect time. Yes, we are. Perfect time to do it. Well, Annie, it's it's been great just to get a better understanding of, of how you're nurturing your fans and your fans become your your customers and your customers bring in more customers and bring in more fans. It's this which came first, you know, they're just kind of all mixed in together now. Yep. Great having you, Annie. Thanks so much. Thank you.